Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, podcast listener. You're about to embark on another episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. This week, yours truly is off on holiday. So I've left ex-podcast host Mark Pack them in charge. So my advice to you is stop this episode now, switch on over to some 60s cycle hum, and wait until next week when I return. Well, if, if you're still here, I guess, well, here he is. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your guest host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello there. Jay Cross. All right. Bit weird, isn't it? Uh, not really. Oh, feels a bit weird does to it? me. Yeah, it does feel a bit weird. It's been, well, it's been like... One week since you looked at me. I have a history of losing my shirt. If this is your first uh, <coughs> Guitar Notes podcast, it isn't normally like this anymore. It's a bit less fun, anymore. I would say. Uh, you know, a little bit more regimented, a bit more hardline. This, this is the first podcast I've been on with you since you left. Yeah, it is, because I normally I normally stand in for you when you're not around, and tonight I'm standing in for Joe Branton. Joe Branton's not around. He's on holiday. He's taking a well-deserved rest. Um, well-deserved? You know. Well, you know, all the stress that we've put him under by me not being on the podcast anymore. Um, right, okay. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's I don't know, on holiday somewhere. Uh, he went to Wales, I think? I barely a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> We don't mean anything bad. Matt Knight does not mean anything bad by that, Welsh <laughs> listeners. Uh, Matt Knight's words are not the thoughts of the Guitar I, Nerds podcast. Limited. I always just say, nuke the whales. Not <laughs> whales, just just. Wasn't that a plot of um, Star Trek 4? <laughs> no, it's from The Simpsons. Yeah, uh, no, they don't nuke the whales. They need they to have take to save, them. They they've to, got to save them. No, they need to take some whales back in time. That's the one that... <laughs> That's not a real storyline. That's the one that's directed by Nimoy, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, the long. Vo- is that the long voyage home? I think it's the long voyage home. It's just the voyage home. I the think voyage home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, a- it's the one after the search for Spock, which yeah. is the one after the Wrath of Khan, which is the second one. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Is it four that is the? Uh... 
is the Wales one. I, I think so. How many are there? Loads. Including the new ones. Uh, oh, 11 or 12, yeah. I think. So, um, talking about Star Trek, I watched the first ever episode. Well, the, first, the pilot of Star yeah. Trek today. Because I was like, I'm going to, you know, just when I have my lunch break, I'm going to just watch something. Something, I just want a bit of consistency through my day. So, I've started watching, I'm going to watch every episode of Star Trek ever. I've watched the uh, Next Gen and uh, I almost said the new class then. Um, I watched The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine before, but I've never watched the original series. So I started that today with the pilot. never watched it? No. no, no I mean, I've seen the old episode here yeah, and yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched the pilot, which is called The Cage, um, which is... It's not good. Captain Pike rather than uh, William Shatner. It really is... Um... A miracle that that show, that that well, show got made after so that. So do, you know, do you know the story behind that? Um, the show was saved by uh, American television star Lucille Ball, who um, was good friends with Gene Roddenberry. And she went, no, Paramount, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you should give it another go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's when they produced the second pilot with um, Shatner. With, I think I've read, I think I heard about that in, there's, have you seen the documentary that... Um, Nimoy's son did about Nimoy. Yeah, really good. Really good, and I think they talk about that in that. Another good, uh, the, and yes, thank you for sticking through the Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Um, another good uh, Star Trek thing to watch is The Captains. Have you That's seen that? also really good. It's really good. You've got all these serious interviews with um, with like various members of uh, who, of people who've played the, the captain or the commander in Cisco's uh, case uh, throughout the years and then it just cuts to uh, shots of William Shatner just walking up in front of people at Comic-Con and uh, getting in their way during photos because he presents the documentary and yeah there's just like bits of him wandering around at Comic-Con yeah. and being like they're like taking a thing and they'll, he'll kind of creep into the photo and they're like oh, turn around they're like oh get out of oh, oh. <laughs> just loving it loving life anyway this is not the Star Trek podcast but you know just it's been a while since I, I don't talk to you guys anymore it's really good I've recently watched the episode uh <laughs> no, I'm sorry, people, I went, uh, people think people think we're actually mates but this is really just a pretense for the podcast i mean i haven't seen matt for about six months or something it's crazy forgot what he looks like um so yeah good that to um cute little pixelated face on the camera I there know, i know i must apologize if there's a drop in quality this week as well joe brandon sorted out some sort of elaborate you know like Paper cup, paper cup and a pulley <laughs> system and uh, that makes it all work now. And I've just, we're recording this a bit kind of old school. So, um, <laughs> yeah, with a 100 year old H6. This, this <laughs> is fine. Old, still, old Betty still rocking. Still a classic. It is, old yeah, Betty no, it is, still rocking, still recording the pods. So, um, what's been going on this week, Matty? You, um, you got some new cool stuff in your office. Yeah, I've got a new guitar. Is it actually your guitar? Yeah, well, it's mine, mine and Jay's. Right, okay. I work with. Uh, yeah, got a uh, managed to help some people out, and we returned some favors. And now we're the proud owner of a Chapman Beer Baritone Pro, uh, one of the best guitars ever made. I absolutely love that thing. It's probably my favorite baritone instrument I've played, like commercially available. Just the neck feels really nice because it's not gloss; it's natural finish, good sounding pickups, five way selector. It's just wicked. It's just very chunky sounding, but it also does the kind of stratty type stuff. It's a great guitar. Um, so I spent a lot of the day sitting down, answering emails, playing that. Oh, nice. Nice uh, little so Monday really treat. And then, yeah, and then I think I'll take it home and never bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, thanks that, to the guys at Chapman for that. That was awesome. That guitar ended up in um, our gear of the year, unsuspectedly, did it? Didn't it? Because they didn't submit that for gear of the year. But they submitted you, the M1, I think. Yeah, M1 Pro, I think. Yeah, um, and if I remember yeah. correctly, it was me that said, mm, "I think the beer baritone is the one that should be." Yeah, in but there, also, rather than it being Joe, who you would have expected it to but be. But also at the same time, it kind of meant that it couldn't be a gear of the year product because, like, couldn't be a top five or whatever because we had a baritone and it's like a little bit niche. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it is very cool though it's certainly my favourite of the Chapmans that I've played I think it's yeah. uh, it's, it's just yeah, it's, really and, interesting and a cool spec yeah it, it's you know it's a nice body design it feels good it looks good it's not too metal um, I think you, you get a tendency now for baritone guitars to just look very metal and if you don't want to do that kind of thing on it then you're kind of like oh, it doesn't really feel right it doesn't suit the kind of guitar that I like um, this kind of it's got that classic look about it, but it definitely does the best of um, both worlds. Yeah, I I, um, I like them a lot. Well, Matty, next time we're we're with you, I'd like to um, have a bit more time on that guitar. Absolutely, maybe I'll bring it down. Well, sometime. I need to come up to you. I know we've been talking about this for a little while, but I've got a lot of soldering work that needs to happen. Um, and uh, have you got yes. have you got like a wiring harness for me, or was there? We're talking no, about we need to sort one, one out yeah. because you've got a, a weird uh, non-American built guitar, so the sizing and the spacing is all very different. I don't think it is that weird though. I don't think it's that weird because I bought like i've bought some new hardware for that guitar and it all just slotted in straight away oh, okay. so yeah we'll yeah but i've got a decent see. soldering iron and uh, i also just bought a mobile phone gimbal for some nice shots oh, yeah. for guitar nerds and stuff yeah for the old instagram nice the nice little tripod and stuff so um and you can mount it's got space so you can mount the short mv88 on it as well so you can get decent audio recording at the same time so yeah. Um, I think, are we all attending the guitar show this weekend? I'm not, because I'm not oh. around. I've got some family stuff going on. but I am. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I'll bring it there and we can shoot some footage and it'll be much better than the shaky handicam footage of Joe Branton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Brandy cam, more like, honestly. Yeah, we've not really talked about it, but the guitar show is coming up in the Olympia in yeah, London. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, um, it's being billed as, you know, the sort of... Uh, answer to uk guitar shows because um you know we've been to a bunch over the last few years and they, they, they my only they're always really fun and you always meet some really cool people but they they are always kind of a little bit the same so i'm looking forward to seeing if um the uk guitar show is going to be as different as uh, everybody on the internet yeah. is suggesting that it will be um yeah i'm looking forward to it. i think it, i think it'll be very fun i haven't to be honest with you i haven't really looked at the list of attendees i know that we're going to be there fender's going to be there um it's um uh, we, we we're going to have all our sort of new stuff there showcasing a lot of stuff so i would suggest if you haven't had a chance to check the player series out you should definitely do that um i've sort of been thinking around what we are going to speaking of gear of the year with the beer um i assume that we're going to probably put forward a uh one of the player series um f and i'm i'm really not sure which one i'm going we I'm, so yeah keen to hear people's thoughts on what they think is the the best of that series i mean it can't win obviously because why not uh, well, like nepotism you that. played those strats uh, fantastic yeah they were really good really good but i mean even so <laughs> the rules i mean it? also i've given it away uh the strat is what's going to be submitted because i think it's really good okay yeah. okay interesting um, yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna be i think there's quite a, there's quite a few high profile guitarists gonna be there as well yeah. quite a lot of more there's a it, you know obviously fender there says so bigger brands because a month later it's the south london guitar show 
almost exactly a month later, I think. The South Wait. of England guitar show. South of England. The, the one that's actually called the London International Guitar Show. Yeah, Ligs. Ligs. Yeah, you're right. The one at Kempton Manor. Kempton yeah, Racecourse. Kempton yeah. Racecourse, yeah, yeah. We that's went to that last year. It was yeah. great. I'm uh, I'm doing my prep for that this week. Because uh, we're going to have a little reverb stand there. Um can have some like, oh, so we can come and annoy you. Yeah, can have some incredibly rare pedals on display. Uh, we're also I can't mention it yet, but we're working on a little project with a UK builder to uh, do a little reverb exclusive pedal. Is it? Um, I can't tell you. Is it? I absolutely can't tell you. Is it? I can't tell um, you. It's, it's not like Joe Branton. Is it Bob? I can't tell you. I can't. I literally can't. Bob? Bob? Bob the builder? It, 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 yeah, Bob. Bob's guitars. Bob's guitars. I cannot tell you anything. It's going to be super cool, though. So, um, okay. yeah, I'm doing prep for that this week. Lots of shows tell, at the moment. Tell, tell me else. No. Okay. Um, I'm also going next week to Synthfest UK in Sheffield. Oh, oh, yeah? I would have said I'll come to that, great. but I'm not going to Sheffield. No, exactly. That's the problem is it's really far away. But um, it should be quite cool. That'll be good. Lots of, like, cables and, like, not and that yeah he loves synthesizers what's um what's what's the deal with that what what are you what's just what's going on just going to like take some photos and stuff for the site and I, i'm interested in what the kind of uh semi mainstream synth world is like it, and i guess maybe you don't know i don't, but I don't it, think it'll be mainstream in the slightest right so you think it's all going to be like small boutique builders it, so as far as I'm aware, it's like a mix of both. So, um, for example, uh, I was speaking to um, the distributor for Maris Pedals the other uh-huh. day. They are going to be there because uh, Maris, oh, right, cool. Maris, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but don't Maris also do some like Euro Rack stuff? Yeah. They, well, they do f- uh, what you call like 500 series, Yeah, which, which is, is like the preamps, you the know, like lunchbox a style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um they're kind gonna of vertical stuff yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to the horizontal. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna be there as well. Um so yeah, I think there's there's a real split. And I think it will even be like, you know, old Bob who makes them in his shed. Yeah. As well as building pedals. He builds yeah. Simpson's right, shed. Okay, yeah. Um but so, but then there'll be some bigger manufacturers, you know, as far as I'm aware, there'll be uh, some representation from Moog and Oh, okay, like cool. That. Right, maybe cool. maybe not move, but there are some big brands going. So cool. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll it's, report back because it's very different for me. I think the modular be... synthesizer world is massive. No. It's just people making stuff out there again without uh, bringing up reverb too much. Uh, we just put an article out literally about half an hour ago that was a guide to buying your first modular synthesizer. Oh, that's really cool. I was listening to. I can't remember if I spoke about this last week, but I was listening to. Uh, the tone mob from a couple of weeks ago and uh blake was saying how he is um like he feels like he's kind of circling the drain like getting yeah. into getting into the world of modular synths is like he's he's sort of been fighting the current and i'm i feel exactly the same like it's- i really feel like i'm about to i'm about to to just f- fall into the sewers the thing is you don't need you don't need much no and you can buy complete systems but there was that pedal board company and i met them at nam or a modular company who made a guitar pedal board because the thing is the line yeah they run at line level so they run much hotter than guitar signals so if you plug a guitar in they don't work and they made this box that basically takes guitar signal jacks up super super hot so you can run modular through it and uh yeah annoyingly they stopped making because like, no one really wants it and i think they were just about five years too early because i'm sure now someone's going to make a much cheaper easier version and then um make it everyone's, on it. Yeah. Want, yeah, everyone's gonna want modular i do um, it's I, really i, I was oh, gonna sorry. say i do feel there's an element like i listen to a lot of computer game podcasts and they're basically this same dynamic people have the same conversation about yeah i was thinking about like um 
get in an arcade cabinet. <laughs> and then instantly it's like everyone else on the table goes, you really shouldn't do that. Because and I feel like I need to step in and see the same thing so, with you guys. Stop, stop <laughs> us from falling down. I mean, I've got a couple of those... Um, those uh roland boutiques and i I think they're great i do kind of feel like i've got the wrong ones though because i cannot play keyboard at all um and i like play piano in the slightest and really what i want is uh the synths that are less keyboardy and i think maybe get because i got the three original ones so the juno the jupiter and the jx and i feel like maybe if i'd if i'd waited and got like uh, got like a like an, an 808 or a 909 and used that as a platform I'd, I'd find it easier to get into it I'm not sure I think I just need to spend a bit more time different like, thing though they're drum yeah, machines of course of course yeah of course but like just I get th- one with a thousand presets and then that I mean that was you know not to go too much into the synth world but that's obviously in terms of synthesizers that changed everything that's why they Korg sold so many micro Korgs yeah of course because it had a hundred wicked presets on it. It basically played itself. And if you couldn't play keyboards and you owned a microchord, you could still have a hit dance record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just push one key so, and it goes. Yeah. Well, that, cause that was that whole part of like, you know, like enter Shikari and all those bands that came out at, at that time where people were just like buying a microcorg and then also plugging in like a high gain distortion pedal and going, if I play the same drop D riff, but also play this microcorg underneath, that's that whole new genre of music. Um, um, I was talking to someone at work this week about the fact that I saw Enter Shikari play at the Little Hampton Railway Club in like 2003. Um, and uh, yeah, it was that was really stupid. I think I saw them there twice, actually. They were rubbish. They weren't good. No, I didn't. Awful. I didn't really enjoy it. They, you know, they've done all right for themselves, though. They grow. Eh? They grow maybe know. I was wrong. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Well, maybe, maybe. Talking about um, bits of kit and um, things that maybe we're not getting on with so well. I bought two pedals in the last couple of weeks or last time so since I saw you. I know. Oh, yeah, you bought an Ibanez and that's why one. new stuff. So I bought an Ibanez uh, PH7 Tone Lock Series Phaser. Yeah. Um, and I also bought, I didn't even think they were both Ibanez, um, a Tube Screamer Mini because it was incredibly cheap. Um, tube, They're really good. Tube Screamer Mini fantastic yeah absolutely incredible why has no one said before what you want is a les paul with humbuckers and a tube screamer i mean it sounds you so obvious you, uh, no but no one's ever said <laughs> that nobody's before. ever said it to you though no one's ever put that combination I'm together dro- gonna drop some science for you the things that you need to buy les paul yeah. with humbuckers yeah. and a tube screamer because okay. they sound <laughs> really good it's an unconventional approach the thing i those- like about the mini is it um it is uh, it's a TS eight oh eight, but it looks like a TS nine, which is like a, the better sounding in the chassis of the better looking. Uh, it doesn't really look like a TS nine. It, it looks, looks more, more like a nine than an eight oh eight. Mm, I would say more. It looks like an eight oh eight. Really? Yeah, it's different color green. I suppose. Uh, I, I think. Just, I mean, I think it just looks like a mini. Tube <laughs> um, I'm not um so getting on really I'm getting on with that really well and in fact I'm now in a bit of a quandary because I've only got a tiny pedal board and I actually don't want to get rid of anything that's on there and I can't fit the tube screen on there which is really upsetting. Um the tone lock phaser I'm not a huge fan of. I bought, bought it, the wrong one. I bought it because everyone was going on about oh these tone lock pedals are so good and you you know you literally cannot get the D seven now. Like that's oh, been hoovered up. They they are gone. Um, so PH seven, it's all right. It's okay. You hate phaser. Uh, yeah. The PM seven. 
the the phase modulator that's the one right yeah the has pe- got all the extra depth and speed controls and then it's got the variable stages so you can get some really like wicked crazy rig modulator sounds the ph7 is fine as a phaser but i feel it's no it's no better than like getting a small stone or whatever yeah but yeah. It surely it costs you half of what a small stone costs uh it was about the same money as a secondhand small stone so what, thirty quid? Yeah. You wouldn't have spent more than thirty it quid. Was, on a phaser. It was about thirty quid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just bought it because everyone's been raving about this tone lock series, and I c- kind of forgotten what them what they sound like. So um, yeah, I bought it. But maybe it'll maybe it'll stay. Maybe it'll go. I, um, Who knows? Talking of new pedals, even though I got it a while ago, I actually finally got it back fixed thanks oh, to cool. uh, Adrian uh, Thorpe at Thorpe FX rebiased my Deluxe Memory Man. And it sounds absolutely wicked. It sounds so good. I'm just like, I forgot how good those pedals sound. Isn't that? It's, isn't it a really old one that you've got? It's a 90s reissue one, right. which has the original MN3205 chips in it, which are worth about 80 to 100 quid each just for the chip. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's just, this amazing analog delay, but it's also got analog chorus and vibrato in it. Yeah. So when you combine those two and then it, the preamp is constantly active. So you've got this amazing, like warm, rich preamp, amazing delays. And then a analog chorus that goes on top of that. And if you tweak it just enough, I've tweaked the gain control just enough so you can turn the feedback all the way up, but it never oscillates. But it gets to the point where it just like leaves this nice warm wash under everything. Oh, that's cool. So I just, I haven't turned it off for three days. <laughs> I just is left that, it on. That, is that what that sound is? I thought there was something weird going on in the back of yeah. your house there, Matt. Yeah, we're not actually um, using the old setup for recording the podcast. Matt, just, why, why, is your, why is your cat running up and down the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's a bit, uh, a bit it's gone, wobbly. It's gone a bit yeah, wrong um, at Matty's. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the crazy thing is I'm, I'm so glad that I just managed to get it so cheap because they are just going for ridiculous money now yeah yeah same things like the d7 and stuff as soon as someone or everyone in the community latches onto one pedal the price just apps because you know same as dd5 like boss dd5 is they're like always well over 100 120 quid now frv ones that's the one when i look at i mean that is the one that has actually blown my mind yeah 200 quid oh it's ridiculous 200 quid it's ridiculous i mean they sound they do sound fantastic i mean i don't think they they sound sound 200 quid fantastic do you know what do you know what i think the next one is going to be and in fact i think we even got a question about some gear that's like going to shoot up in price but before we go into a deep dive like the thing that i'm predicting because of, of something that we'll talk about in the news Boss SL20, the slicer. I can't <laughs> believe that they are still at like an unsung pedal when there's all these like crazy modulations out there. The original, and some would still say the best, doesn't go for any money at all. You can pick them up so cheap and they're so know- good. Are they discount now, Matty? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Matty's dropped the bomb and the price is... <laughs> <laughs> and what was, what was weird is, is that we, we don't really ever sort of we don't officially come out like some companies and say we're never making this again um because obviously you can still buy it in various places all over the world um and bizarrely enough all of a sudden i had loads of emails from people just being like can i I buy this can can i can i buy this can i I get this sl20 i'm like does everyone want an sl20 all of a sudden and i actually bought 
from Gak when I worked there, the first SL20 that came in to the you shop. You bought the first one, did you? The first one. Yeah, me and me and Robin bought the first one. Robin, um, uh, ex-Gak employee. Yeah, ex-Gak employee bought the first <laughs> slicer that came in. I just let people know. For, for everyone for everyone <laughs> else except for me and Mark who know who he is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's um, my... If you want to... You know, if we're talking about, you know, making some money, making some big dollar these days, I'm telling you, put it all on SL20s. Yeah. Put it all on uh, green. Thing is, and in terms of pedals that don't sound like anything else... There's nothing that really sounds like the SL20. Well, no, no. And, you know, we're in this age now where, like, again, we'll talk about it in the news, but, like, crazy modulation pedals and, like, crazy tremolos and weird synth stuff is all the rage. Yeah. The SL20 does loads of that, and it's really unique. Because you can actually, if you get an MD500, it's got the same, basically the same algorithm built into it, but you can program your own patterns. Um, But this one, obviously, is... Just sort of a little bit more fixed, but did it, it's, did it have the because um, the thing on the SL20 that always get, got me was the fake surround sound. Oh yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, that's got this has still got that 3D panning mode that isn't anything. Because I remember we at the in GAC we had it set up with the two monitors, didn't we? And you can hear it like that, pan around. That honestly like that. blew my mind. That absolutely blew yeah. my mind. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a reason to buy it just out of the uh, just yeah, for so that. Yeah, if you alone. run a stereo rig, that is. Oh, what you should do? I've just thought of it. Akai headrush. <laughs> it always into, starts into, with the headrush. Into seven more Akai headrushes. <laughs> into out four outs, <laughs> each one into an SL20 <laughs> in stereo. There we go. That's oh, the dear. that's the rig. Into 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 a Marshall MS20. Yeah, 150 <laughs> Marshall MS20s. <laughs> MS2. MS2, sorry, MS2. yeah. With that, uh, talking about the news, we should dive into the news. News. So, first up this week... Do you think week, that was long enough? Yeah, that was a long enough gap. Was it? We okay. I mean, I don't do this anymore, so... No, I I've, got, I've got no idea. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe sent us a really worried text saying, make sure you leave enough time for, for the jingles. And uh, I've got no idea. Is there a questions jingle? Yeah, there's a questions Is jingle right? as well. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. We better leave some time for that then. I think there's a questions jingle. To be honest with you... I don't know. I don't listen to it. Well, what will be, uh, be good is if we go... You, you said now that you listen to it. Questions. And then there's no jingle for him to put in, and we just leave a gap. That'd be fantastic. Um, first up in the news this week, uh, something uh, we just hinted at talking about. Um, new pedal from Electro Harmonics, the Mod Rex. Matty, tell us about it. This thing is bonkers. Maybe this will eventually get discontinued, and then everyone will go, oh, God, one of those Electro Harmonics Mod Rexes. I, I guess, in a way, it takes a similar thing to the slicer. It's four modulation units that can run in series or in parallel i guess so you've got modulation section which is vibrato flanger chorus or phaser uh, which can be inverse inverted with different shapes you've then got a tremolo with different divisions a panner and then a high and uh, a low pass high pass and band pass filter that can all run in stereo with different tempos different divisions it is a bonkers modulation unit. Um, I don't really quite know what to make of it. I must admit the video, I think the problem is it does so much that they were just trying to like make all these weird and wacky sounds in the video. And I'm like, 
you just I think it's one of those things you might need to just try and just plug into your rig and do a load of random stuff with it um but quite cool if you just want something that you can just tweak and have an endless sound you know endless effects board of random modulation stuff it um, um it, it did seem like they're aiming it at the, because the video i think that we've all seen is their own video i think they're trying to aim it at the kind of partly studio market because they run a drum machine through it they run a synth through it and a bit of guitar through it so it's not this is a guitar pedal that does some crazy stuff it's this is a processor that you can use in any of these they quite often do that though don't they They, they've they've been um they did they was it the like space station or whatever that thing's called no it was like a tr8 i think oh really yeah yeah oh right it was like a proper drum machine oh okay it sounded good. I thought it sounded pretty fun with that. You know, um, wasn't a hundred percent convinced on the guitar sound side of things. It, it sounded really nice, but like you say, Matty, I think it's more a case of you need to get your hands on it and do what yeah. do with it what you would want to do with yeah. it. Yeah. To get the thing idea. is, they've got that Bill Rupert guy that demos a lot of the pedals, so he does like all the big muffs. You know, it's that one where you just see the guitar and him playing it. Every time he does a video, I'm like, I really want that pedal. Yeah. And every time they do a video with someone else, I'm like, meh. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, the other guy, just has a way of like. It's kind of like Andy from Pro Guitar Shop now Reverb. So every time you demo something, you're like, it's the the right choice of song and the right choice of playing style. If it goes with the pedal, it just it sells it to you like instantly. Yeah. Um. So I, it's something that I think if I had this, I would certainly dive into it a little bit deeper and probably find some interesting stuff to do with it. Um. And for people maybe looking for like the moog stuff that's now discontinued like the 12 stage phaser or the ring modulator or um the delay all those sort of pedals that are gone this kind of covers a lot of that in one box that's much cheaper yeah so you know this is quite an interesting unit for people who want to be a little bit more creative and yeah use it with other things like uh, synths and and drum machines yeah i think it seems like a cool little thing i'm really interested to see uh what people do with it, what people take with, take it and do with it. Yeah. Jay Cross, um, talking about uh, pedals and stuff, we've been talking about quite a lot of pedals this episode. If you've got a lot of pedals, <laughs> finding an amp can always well, can be a problem. Um, but Supro and Keeley have got a solution for you. Yeah, how interesting. Um, nice this, little partnership. Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, so uh, Robert Keeley's teamed up with, uh, with Bruce Zinke at Supro and uh, have brought out the 1970 RK uh, Keely Custom, uh, which is a uh, 25-watt um, pedal platform. So they're, they're really aiming this at, obviously, with, with Robert Keeley being involved, um, it's... it's uh, they're really shooting at the pedal market, and I think it's I think it's really really interesting. So it's a twenty five watt uh, all tube amp, just a two band EQ because they're expecting that you're going to be using drive pedals, you're going to be using EQ pedals, so you're going to have everything going in the front end. So they're keeping the uh, they're keeping the the EQ nice and simple. Um, and then what I think is really interesting about this is um, and it's something quite subtle, but they've actually got the effects loop on the on uh, on the top of the amp as opposed to sort of you know you know how quite often um, most of the time the effects loop is on the back and even sometimes it's like on the underside of the mounting chassis for the uh, for for the amp. So this is right on top. It's in between the EQ and the master volume. So you can. See- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. See whereabouts it is in the chain, obviously. Uh, and it's just really easily accessible. Um, I think it looks fantastic. It's It's got that sort of classic uh, Supro look. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm really keen to hear this because I think it will be, I think it will be really, really cool. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting concept. I think that you've got, you know, you've got Bruce Zinke there and Robert Keeley. So two of the sort of behemoths of the modern, uh, guitar world. And, um, yeah, keen, keen to check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I it... um, think the thing that shocked me most is the fact that it's seven, nine, nine. Yes, absolutely. I should, of course, I can't believe I didn't mention that. It's really cheap. It's one of those things where you think like the, if you'd have seen the article and it said fourteen nine nine dollars MSRP, this I mean this must be one of the cheaper Supros well, even, I, let alone I, anything else. I think recently, um, especially in the UK, there was a lot of Supro that came in, and a lot of dealers were like, where there were certain models that were like half price. Yeah, and I think some of the ramps were basically just over, you know, fifteen hundred, and I think it was a bit too much. And I think that there are, you know, there are obviously a legendary brand that have been reborn, and you kind of got to build your way back into the market. And I yeah. think if you go too high, people are just like, it, it, it's not, it's weird because they're not boutique enough, as it were, to be a boutique brand. They've got so many models; they're a little bit more of a, a commercial brand, but they're just that slightly higher price. Totally, but then yeah. some of the little heads they make, they look absolutely wicked. Like um, I saw some at Summit Summer Nam. I was like, man, these are there's a great. There was one that they do. It's like an eight watt head. I think it's exclusive to Sweetwater. That um, you can output the reverb as its own signal. Okay, so send so it out to a separate amp or something. And just, yeah, and just the reverb, so you can record in stereo into a desk straight from the head. Um, so you can get like a hundred percent wet reverb sound, and then the dry right. sound. They they did that in um they did that in a combo last year. I can't remember which one it is. I'm just going on I, the website now. Yeah, I'm actually. I think it's part of their legendary series, the 1605R reverb. That, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. I remember that. I remember it coming out, and I remember us trying to decipher from the press release just exactly what they meant. Yeah, I remember talking about it and um, being incredibly confused. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't realize they'd done it in the head as well. That's really cool. Yeah, I think I've I've got a feeling the head may be exclusive to a dealer. Maybe not. But the head's wicked. Five watts, class A, 
single channel, uh, just pulling up the back panel. Yeah, so you've got a mix out, reverb out, and a dry out. Yeah. Uh, you can run bizarrely two four ohm cabs and one eight ohm cab. Um, and then there's a power amp input as well. So I think you can bypass the preamp section and just use it as a five watt power amp. Um, really really weird cool. little setup i don't know if you guys talked about it while you know i haven't been on the podcast and stuff but they've now done the david bowie signature guitar yeah as well. we, i think we talked about it last week or maybe it's we been didn't. out for a little while it's or been out maybe. for a good few weeks oh well i remember because they had it at nam they right. had it at winter nam i think i'm sure i saw <laughs> i'm sure i saw it at winter nam but they definitely had it at uh uh at, at nashville um it looks you know really weird yeah um really really weird but very cool but very cool but yeah i'll I'll tell you just going back to the um the 1970 uh rk what seems to be quite interesting here is it's actually only as far as i can see it's only for sale on the keely website they don't even appear to have it on the uh on the supro site right so yeah really really interesting so keen to see what goes on here keely partnering with i mean obviously keely has been uh been been doing his thing for by himself for a long time now and there's been a few pedal collaborations here and there so but really interesting to see what goes on with this uh with with amp collabs Very definitely and cool. um, last piece of news this week comes from um ibanez who have just announced the brand new, new tone core series no rg 550 <laughs> uh reissues two colors i believe a kind of yellow and a what is it like red kind of peach color um and uh yeah the the reason that this came on my radar is we did a bit of a kind of little feature oh sorry there's a purple as well um did a little feature on on the reverb site and uh just reminded me like RG550 is the best guitar that Ibanez have ever made absolutely yeah, 100%. um Great and you know it it really is that kind of legacy of of kind of hair metal i think that's the one guitar for me that's really stood the test of time the rg550 yeah so the new ones are they made in japan yes they are ones. So yeah i'm just checking on the website so i think they're doing all original colors oh yeah so, so desert sun yeah, yellow yeah. road flare red purple neon and white um there were a couple of other colors there's an ibanez um wiki page which is really good and i think they did a bunch of there was definitely a pink at one point and i had one of these that was just absolutely just totally destroyed that i picked up secondhand for no money um, i remember that yeah that, I that was a really long time ago of it. but it was missing everything and actually um a friend of mine who works at a studio in london still got his original one that he bought in america in 88 when he went to wow. um got in la and uh it's like no paint left on it he like shaved one of the horns down <laughs> um and but it's do, do you know what the neck is still as it was and it's just so played in it's just the best guitar ever they they like they just resonate really well the pickups aren't too metal the neck feels super easy to play despite it being super thin yeah great guitar i'm so glad they've done a proper reissue a big guitar i'd definitely be interested in and again not and not a huge amount of money considering uh you know quite often when you think of sort of japanese built ibanezes you think okay well this is their their premium range these are they're less than a grand yeah yeah Yeah. really interesting really um, interesting when i spoke to joe doe so um Mm -hmm. the the chap from joe doe guitars talking about like 
that Pac-Man guitar that he played yeah. that we we did some video content on for Guitar Nerds and um this we you know there's pictures all over the internet. Um he said the hardest bit of doing that entire guitar wasn't like sourcing the arcade machine parts or like you know even coming up with the idea. The hardest bit because he was basing it on like an 80s super strat. He wanted to get the same finish that you get on an Ibanez neck. And he said the hardest bit of building the entire guitar was trying to figure out how they do the finish on Ibanez necks and copy wow. the technique for that. Because, what, because the, the, the shape or No, the... no, no, just the finish of them. Oh, right. um, and he said, you know, it must be some sort of oil rub because they they wear in really easily. Um, and he said that he looked at like a ton of old like RG550s and things like that and where they've got this kind of oil rub neck or whatever they do the necks just wear amazingly um and even if the rest of the guitar is like totally fresh and he wanted to get exactly that and he said it was so different from how he would normally finish another guitar neck um that that was the hardest part of that that interesting i might buy an rg550 what color i'm trying to get an old pink one i think yeah i think that's yeah, yeah that's a shame isn't it if not the purple one's pretty rad yeah i actually like road flare red yeah that's pretty cool that's as well fair. Yeah, super nice. There's got to be some good ones. Once again, I think if you want something like that, you just have to you have to sit on Reverb and or eBay for a very long time until the right one comes up. Just wait. And just, just sit and wait. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's too easy. Sometimes it's just, and you know, I've certainly done it before. It's too easy to just like rush in and find one. Just, oh, I'm going to buy it. Um, and there's always one that comes up eventually and you're like, that's the one yeah and also you have to be careful to make sure that you get the an old one because there are some like more modern reissues um what like these brand new ones they've just announced no 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 there's like some i think there was some 550s or 550 mz yeah which was like the early 2000s one that wasn't made in japan right basically identical but the good thing about them reissuing is that it will affect the price of these ones there's a couple of old japanese ones for like 500 to 800 pounds um if you really want to go for an old one but i think these new ones probably be equally as good yeah definitely definitely um that's all the news for this week it's pretty slow news week um which is good because we uh i put it to the group that we should answer a whole ton of questions questions I really hope there is a jingle in there because uh, <laughs> otherwise that's just going to be weird. I'm pretty sure there's a jingle. There must be a questions jingle. Come on. There must be. Otherwise, if I not... I do listen. I literally do listen every week. I just think I, that I've blocked out the jingles now. Um, if not, Joe, and uh, you know, feel free to edit this out. <laughs> questions or something. Yeah, yeah. You right there, Matty? Do a little yawn in the background there. I'm just doing a little, little yawn. little yawnage. Um, so... <laughs> Um, we're going to dive in some questions. I tell you what, we haven't don't have on this list for the podcast is the Patreon names. So if you've got someone oh, yeah, finding out what they are, that's um that'd be good. I'll uh, look on the internet. Good. So first up, Tyler says um, suggestions on a more affordable alternative to a deluxe reverb, not the Princeton because I don't like an eight inch speaker. Matt Knight, Princeton's got a ten inch speaker. Yeah, so if you want a ten inch speaker, how about this Supro? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not listen to the early part of the podcast? <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's a weird one because the deluxe, especially the which one am I thinking? The blackface reissue, so the early sixties one, not the sixty eight, has just got this 
this sound that I don't think many things come close. And it depends how much money you want to spend realistically. Um, and I'm guessing if you want deluxe reverb, you want the vibrato because that's a big part of it. No, I don't yeah. think so. I think the big part of it is just the fact that it's a big, you know, it's a boomy clean amp with, you know, a, a, a not huge wattage. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, but I, I'd be, you know, I'd be surprised. Well, I guess if if money, I guess let's just say if money's no object uh, for a second, then um, I've been checking out Rift amps recently. <laughs> Pat, uh, money is clearly an object. That's <laughs> literally the entire point of this question. <laughs> He said an alternative. He might just not want, not want that speaker. He, he did say an affordable alternative. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it depends what his class of affordable is. You know. um, because, yeah, there's plenty of people like, you know, Rift making Deluxe 22. They're a lot. They're a lot more money. Yeah, more money than a deluxe. More money than a sixty-five Deluxe. There isn't any. I wouldn't have said there was anything in the same. No, in, and in, range is that. in fact, I think we answered a question similar to this last week or the week before, where I, I basically said, "Well, the only real option is a Blues Junior." Or if not that, then, is, then a Hot Rod Deluxe. That's what I'm saying. Is the vibrato something? Because if he likes the Deluxe, it could be that he just that he does really want the vibrato, um, and then you're you are a lot more stuck. Surely you can recreate that with a pedal, though. There must be some way you put something nice in the effects loop. What about the old um, uh, Earthquaker Aqueduct? That sounded pretty nice when I heard, we heard it. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's not, not like affordable, that. is it? Well, no, sure, sure. That adds to the cost as well. So, And, yeah, you need to find something because, obviously, the old deluxes don't have an effects loop as well. You don't really want to run it into the front end. Yeah. Um, because, obviously, also part of the charm of an old deluxe is cranking it and sort of on that verge of, of breakup as well. Um, but what you can do is a lot of people buy those and then mod the baffle. Um, so there's a few people out there doing like the baffle mod, so you can put a 12 inch speaker in it instead. That might be worth something looking at. Yeah, if I he doesn't think want the, if he doesn't want the small speaker. It's tough when you're talking about these iconic amps, and but you want to go more affordable because generally. Yeah. You know, what people do is they take that and they go, how can I make this better? Okay, I'm going to hand build it. I'm going to make it in, you know, the US or the UK. I'm going to use better components. And it's always going to be more expensive. Whereas if you say, oh, I really like this amp and I want it to be as good, but is there anything a bit cheaper? It's mm. like, well, no. The answer generally is no. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, yeah. Katana. <laughs> well, I mean, I, the thing is, is that yeah, I think really the only if you if you do want to go budget, the only real options are going like Katana or going for like a Champ Forty. Like you know, yeah. the, the Champ Forties, well, the, the Champion Rage as a whole have kind of become a little unfashionable because um, they're just solid state because they're solid state amps and they're kind of the same as they have been for a long time but I tell you what if, if, I don't know if you've played one recently they do sound really good I haven't played they, one. they do sound really good and uh, I think you know if you do want to go down a cheaper route then have a look at a, uh, a Katana have a look at a Champ and, uh, and and see what works or get Deluxe Reverb because they're really good yeah, yeah I mean the, the alternative is um Use uh, use some sort of 
website like eBay, the best <laughs> website for buying secondhand gear. No, uh, Gumtree's um, really good as well, Matt. Have you heard oh, of Gumtree? Gumtree. Yeah, yeah. I don't only hear like abuse. Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace, fantastic. And actually, for our US listeners, there's this website called Craigslist. It's really good. Guys, I think you you generally pronounce it Craigslist. So, but yeah, one of those, really good. Unbelievable. What, why Craigslist? It's not got. It's not spelt with an e and a g. Listen. Like Greg's. <laughs> Greg's um, list. Yeah. We are talking about the uh, <laughs> list. Every Greg's within, within a twenty-mile radius. If we are, uh, you know, talking about the past, talk about eBay, Gumtree. Uh, you can find guitar nerds on Friendster. Um, just, uh, you know, just remember you when Andy uh, Carroll's Bebo page made it, uh, yeah, made it onto the if internet? You, uh, if you want to talk about the past, uh, you can certainly do that. <laughs> um, next up, let's take a question from. Simon, who says, when using an electronic tuner, do you use uh, do you tune to the initial pick note, or or wait until it settles down? Matt Knight, uh, that's a good one actually, because the thing is, I, I guess pick constantly, because if you if you if if you keep hitting <laughs> the note, it's more likely to sit in the middle rather than if you just pick it and then let it settle, it will settle and then go flat. Uh, so just use a really quick reliable tuner yeah i mean i guess that is one thing uh, what i would always do is tune the string flat anyway and then hit and then tune it up to pitch so that it has time to kind of pull through the nut yeah. and then settle yeah. in you know you, I, I never actually tune to the pitch i tune under and then retune it again yeah above if that makes sense i've also um, because i really only play at home totally stopped using a tuner pedal that's <laughs> matt knight i just use a clip-on tuner oh, well that's fair i thought you were gonna say you just don't tune just no point no, no, i just use a clip-on tuner <laughs> i thought you were basically saying well i play at home i play ambient music there's basically no point in my guitar being in tune anyway so i'll just not don't use a tuner anymore yeah no i used to just use clip-on tuner so and plus if i take a pedal a pedal tuner off my pedal board that's just one more space for a pedal right then you could just have more crazy ambient effects yeah, yeah. Or if I break my tuner pedal, so it just outputs a, a, the actual pitch of what I'm tuning to. Yeah, don't even need to play guitar at that point. Just random tone generator. Yeah, uh, replace tone generator. replace the tuner with a random tone generator. The only a... problem I've got with the random tone generator is there's no volume control and it's super <laughs> loud. <laughs> it's just wild. <laughs> so um, it's just it's way louder than anything else that you plug into it. So um, yeah. But my tuner does have fun trying to keep up with the random tone generator. Yeah, I bet. I bet it does. Um, <laughs> let's take uh, one that's a bit more random. Uh, talk about random things. Stuart says, you're all stuck in an, on an island with no food. Who do you eat first and who do you save for last? I mean... Two of us are vegan, so... Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if you had to. So you just, oh. What, you just find a coconut? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be like... I'll be like uh, castaway where I'm just Wait, eating coconuts. Let, then... me, let me set the scene. All the coconuts plus potentially livestock on the island have been eaten. We're all sitting around campfire. Looking at each other. We've all got a vote. <laughs> first vote. Matt Knight, who's your first? Who goes is, first? If you ate Joe Branton, at least you'd be pissed afterwards. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been stuck on a desert island for nine months. Just a- <laughs> we all take one bite out of Joe Branton and the rest of us die of alcohol poisoning. This, meat, this meat's been marinated for 18 years in rum. <laughs> yeah, so I'd probably go Branton first because, you know, to get over the shock of consuming your first human meat, you'd be incredibly drunk at the same time. So I'd say Branton first. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think 
I think probably probably Branton. I like part of the question is who would you eat last? Surely you'd eat yourself <laughs> last. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say, it would be you. <laughs> no, I reckon what would happen is um, we would we would all eat Branton first. And then, um, then we'd figure out like, oh, we could, we'd all just work. We just the payphone over there. We just, <laughs> is your, and is nothing your, is your of value was lost. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, dear. no, uh, yeah, Branton first, obviously, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we are going to do, uh, I should mention in the Patreon, uh, talking about desert islands. I thought we could do a round of desert island discs. I've been uh, oh cool yeah so uh, thought we'd like in the Patreon episode we'd pick five songs and a book and a luxury item each talk about why that we'd have them on our desert island and uh, yeah it was basically like guitar we're basically just doing desert island discs <laughs> in the Patreon um I I subscribe to the desert island discs podcast and um I have been a subscriber to the desert island discs podcast for. I don't know, probably 18 months, and I don't think I've listened to a single one. Because <laughs> every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I listen to that, and I'm just like, no, I'm not going to listen to yeah, that. Yeah, it's quite long. It's like two hours or something, isn't it? That's too it's much. crazy. Um, but that's coming up in the Patreon. Now, uh, John says, predict the gear that is currently bargain bin pricing will soon be mega, mu- mega bucks in years to come. I've got one. Uh, Boss S20. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else? We already talked about that a bit in the episode. Matt, is there anything else that you've kind of got your eye on that you think is going to be worth mega money in a couple of years' time? Hmm. The weird thing is, is I like buying old boss stuff, and all the old boss stuff is just going up in ridic- just ridiculous prices. Yeah, I was actually trying to think of stuff that I bought that I've seen go up, and then I've had to buy again because I wanted it and I missed it. So I just bought a. Um, I mentioned on the podcast I bought a DoD Vibro Thang. Oh yeah. Um, which the first time I bought for thirty pounds, and then this time I had to buy for. 70 pounds because um that's how much they're going for now so that's actually quite a cool pedal um i think the dod gonculator reissue that they went everyone wants a gonculator look at the second hand prices then no one bought one then they discontinued everyone's like god this they've discontinued the conculator <laughs> gotta buy one now i think that's the best tactic that any pedal company can make it's just bring something out then just discontinue it straight, straight away. away first day discontinued <laughs> but discontinued. also yeah but now like dod are not making pedals anymore so it's you know the, there's never going to be a gonculator ever again yeah so you have yeah. to get it yeah i'm saying um, do you know what i reckon digitech bad monkey people will come yeah. around there's, and they'll no, be like there's too many of them no there's not that there's, no i think there's i think too that's the thing. many of them i reckon that's good money yeah in but that. i think a lot of people have got got them probably that 50% of them still play and it's sat in a drawer somewhere and the other half bought one as their first pedal and then now it just sits in the loft. Yeah. So I, I, Yeah, and I think Digitech Synthwar. Yeah. Um, There's too one many of, of them. There's <laughs> too many of them out there for them to be worth anything. Digitech Digi-Delay, the X-Series Delay. That basically, the, the, the next one to collect the X-Series. Yeah. If you put in, um, um, if you put in two, because I think it takes, does it take double a batteries it takes something weird maybe it is just a normal nine volt um if you put a battery in there you get maybe 15 to 20 minutes play out of it and then it's like no definitely not you have to use a power supply with that pedal absolutely ridiculous it's a weird one because with pedals there's so much out there now it's difficult to kind of go you know on a lot of the things I follow on Instagram and, and on Facebook, there's pedal brands. I see a pe- at least one pedal brand every day I've never heard of. Yeah. 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 People are like, oh, these pedals are great. I'm like, 
never never heard of that brand um so there's a lot of stuff like going up in value that's like i don't know that there's a lot of hype around when it comes out but then they never really come up on the market so you don't really ever see them you know go, you, there's no chance them to go up in value so i think there needs to be a certain amount out there it needs to be something like a bad monkey where they made a lot and then all of a sudden when you want one there's not there's not a single one to be found yeah, I think uh, it's it's so hard to predict. It's so hard to predict because, you know, who would have said a year ago that, you know, the Boss uh, Fender reverb pedal would be tons of money? You know, we would all said, oh, no, we've still got them in stock. We can't get rid of them. We're trying to flog them for 50 quid or whatever. Yeah. And now they're 200 quid's um, worth. Once And also, there are a lot of the times with these sort of things, it just takes someone to use one and it'd be, uh, you know, net, I guess before it was being used in a song somewhere and everyone's like, oh, to get that sound, you have to use this particular pedal to now there's a particular, uh, like, YouTuber. So when I was out in Japan, I was talking to Dan from That Pedal Show. He wanted a, a DD2 or a DD3 because it's got the big delay chip in it They're from the SD3000 rack. And I was like, you know, if you buy a DSD2, which is the digital delay sampler, it's got the same chip in it. It's just got a trigger input for the record um so he bought one he's like oh, i'm going to talk about it on that pedal show and i was like yeah you've probably just doubled the value now <laughs> yeah. thanks for that you should have bought it just well, takes someone you know on fairly popular social media to go oh look at this it's like dl4s and things like that are going back up in value and they make loads of those they're still a current product yeah and they still hit like second hand to the same value they they hit new matthew we need and, to decide um, on a pedal that we're going to make skyrocket in value and then just like promote everywhere that it's really good and go on loads of podcasts but we'll secretly just, you and i have bought a hundred of them yeah we'll just buy loads like trying to get every copy of speed on vhs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly that. we'll just drive around the uh sort of west coast of the u.s in a minivan filled with um boss sl20s <laughs> yeah boss sl20s or vestax delay pedals i did i listened to the podcast i couldn't believe you didn't know who vestax were like, I, I i'd sort of i when I Googled it, I was like, oh, right, yeah, sort of like DJ. But this is the thing. It's like, this is a guitar. This is one of the best chorus pedals I've ever heard. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers. I'm like, who would have... I can't imagine a DJ ever using that. No. Well, yeah, I don't know why they branched out into guitar pedals, but apparently they did. But yeah, but, yeah. But this is like a, a rack, but it's not even a half rack. And it doesn't even take normal rack mountings. It's like a tiny modular thing. Very weird. That powers off a 9-volt. It's totally bizarre best 30 quid i've probably ever spent on a guitar product very weird and speaking of that i saw a tweet the other day that said something along the lines of the closest uh, a human will ever feel to being a ghost is when they're listening to a podcast and uh someone on the podcast says something that you don't you know the answer to. And, like, and, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. you're trying to, There's no trying way to, to yell through them. space and time. And I they, mean, like... I could have just texted you, but I couldn't be bothered. I was a bit busy. <laughs> and with that, we should wrap this up. Um, thanks for bearing with us uh, for this hour-ish of nonsense. I've kind of forgotten how to do the podcast, so sorry if it's been a bit shonky this week. Um, if you uh, do want to hear more, we're going to go and do our Desert Island Discs episode over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early, and $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour each week. At $10 a month, you get your name read out by Jay Cross, <laughs> if you're lucky, in a way that he's 
So I'm, ch- I'm trying to find it. I, so, so here's a little uh, here's a little secret. We normally, uh, or when I was doing the podcast, I'd email through the list of Patreon where do you backers get every it? week. I, I don't even know where you get it. I'm just looking at the back end of Patreon. Do you know where you get it from? Uh, yeah. Is it under Patrons? Yeah, I think it probably would be there. And then and Relationship Manager? Yeah, something like that. I was reading the exit surveys recently. I know, yeah. Very if, interesting. If you ever leave and you fill out the exit oh, we know. survey, we know who's written we them. Know. It, it says they're anonymous, but we can find out. Oh, we, we know. We can absolutely find out <laughs> who's done it. No, that's not it either. Oh, view all con- current patrons. There it is. Oh, no. Oh, what? Current patrons. Right, there it good. is. This is not the most professional thing we've <laughs> ever done, but bear with us. I've, I wouldn't blame them if they turned off now, but if you are paying for this, you know, you probably should, you know, stick with it um, to hear your name, filling for time. I'm doing I'm what gonna, I can. I've got to be honest. Trying to it's gone. find the manager. Yeah, yeah, manager. That's the one. This is not the most exciting Views end. current Will patrons. J, this is tense, though. Will J actually get to the list? List of patrons, 10 plus tier. They're not in the right order, though. Good oh, Lord. Oh, no. This is going to shake it up a bit. Can you do it, though, do you think? In one Can breath? Not in one breath, Absolutely man. not. Okay. I also, it doesn't have... Oh, and there's some people who don't want their names read out. Oh, no. Well, there's only one who doesn't want his name read okay. out. You know who that is. I'll, um... Blake Wyland, Blair Toms, Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Ethan Jebediah Bartier, Stephen Comrady, Scott, Scott Hamilton, Marion Peters, Golden G, Richard III, Sean Albro, Christopher Wolfman Cuthbertson, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Nate Nagel, Tugger Amadon, Rob Gruel, Ernie Cooper, Robbie Carter Grant from, but not limited to, the 70s, exclamation point, Ryan Darnell, Emery James Baker, Christoph Raptish, Dave Lee, Matt Roberts, Juan, Martin Cliff, Matt Bellamy, Aaron Sherman, Jake Gray, Christopher Luzet, Scott Kendall. How does he do this in one breath? Robin Smith, Rob Norvig, Derek Rich. I nearly said the geezer who doesn't want his name read out, but I did it. It's fine. Uh, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Mancha, Stephen Joseph Merkel, I aspiring intermediate guitar player. Oh, I think that's meant to be the first. Mark Cross, Brad Page, J.D. Shaw, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Ansis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Phil Thompson, Moo Gravit, and of course, Colin Anderson. There we go. That was. I don't know if that's if there's some new names there, or maybe there's people that we haven't been reading out. I think maybe people have gone in and changed their names for them to be longer. And we have, but they're also like there wasn't. Maybe we should get him to read from that list every week. I think that's the right list anyway. Well, if not, some people have got a freebie there and uh, let's hope we didn't miss anyone. If you want to hear more of this nonsense, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. You can also go to Twitter at Guitar Nerds, Instagram at Guitar Nerds. Thanks for bearing with us this week. And um, yeah, I probably won't be here next week. This is going to be my last one ever after this <laughs> shocking end. See you, um, uh, I don't know, see you on the internet somewhere. Bye. Live long and prosper, Bye. my dudes. <laughs>
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.